0: Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store,
1: Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone 15 dollars no a month after 2250 a month credit. Apply within two bills. If cancel early, remaining miles to Unlimited basic after 630-20, pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto-pay data prioritization during congestion, speed maximums, use rules and restrictions apply.
0: Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required.
1: Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 no a month after 22 dollars a month credit. Apply within two bills. If cancel early, remaining miles due. Unlimited basic after 6 dollars Pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto-pay. Data prioritization during congestion, speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply.
2: listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello everyone, welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Stephen Joderand. And joining me as always, Jake Watroba and Ramon Five. On today's episode, it's part one of our conversation with Alexi Lawless as Greg Burhalter makes it three for three, Tyler Adams plays right back, and Will Trapp finds a role. Come back tomorrow for part two of our conversation with Alexi. Listeners, if you haven't done so, follow us on the Twitter machine at Pod. We always enjoy and appreciate your feedback and comments, so continue to send those in. You can find the show on any major podcast platform, so make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. Now, let's get to today's episode. Alrighty, fellas. Let's talk about some more U.S. men's national team. You know them. At Armankify. At Jake Watroba. No pleasantries. Let's get straight to it. U.S. men's national team took on Ecuador in Orlando in front of 17,000 individuals or something like that. End up getting the 1-0 victory. Burhalter makes it 3 for 3 Jesse Zardes gets the winner in the 81st minute. Armand, it was an interesting game to follow, was it not?
3: I thought it was a fun game to follow. I don't know. I mean, there's, we saw some little tactical wrinkles that – Berhalter threw in, um, you know, with Adams playing at right back, how would that be deployed? Uh, the center mids pushing up and down the pitch, the center backs and their distribution. So, I mean, I, overall, I thought it was, you know, it was the first U.S. Men's national team. I sat back and I and kind of enjoyed watching it in a very long time.
2: Jake, same thoughts for you. Did you enjoy watching the game?
4: Yes and no. There, Like Armand said, we clearly had a plan, um, which is good considering where we were uh, this time last year. But there were some concerns that I, uh, one big concern I, I do want to raise. And we talked about this a lot as we got closer to the Ecuador match, which was Tyler Adams moving to right back. I actually was okay with the move. I, I thought, let's see it. Let's see how it plays out. And there was one thing about the, the, the move, uh, the, the tactical move of placing Adams at right back and Taylor Twelman pointed this out several times throughout the broadcast was with Adams pushed up into the midfield when that ball when the US loses possession and they get turned over the US is caught in an awkward position with Adams pushed up so far into the midfield and my biggest question is how is this system going to work against bigger teams than Ecuador how is this going to work against Mexico or uh, if we happen to play a team like germany or, or teams teams I think like germany
2: that. is the team that we want to now say against let's say france because i think germany has fallen off a cliff
4: yeah but i would think we even if they've even <laughs> if they've fallen off a cliff we will all say germany is still much better than the u.s right now fair enough maybe it's just my European, I'm just throwing my it out European
2: there. snobness coming through here, talking my, my, about my, European football. If, but... <laughs>
4: if the U.S. played against Switzerland, if the U.S. played against Switzerland, would yes. they get exposed?
2: No, I mean, I thought during the game you saw just Ecuador being able to use those holes in the midfield, especially to break. And Armand, you, you'll be able to explain better than. Jake and I can but is Halter system a dominant possession game they did an uphold possession for 63% of the game
3: yes and it, it kind of has to be right i mean you with especially with Jay, what jake is saying you know with, with adams pushing up and going it centrally like you need to dominate possession so you don't get caught out in those certain situations yeah i would say burghalter system is like that um but specifically with Adams, I know when Guardiola – I know I don't want to mention the Guardiola link, but when City tucks in their uh, fullbacks, it's to try to limit transitions. So if they if it's a transition play, boom, they can get onto it immediately. I'm not sure if the U.S. has that skill of players to implement a system like that. Um, so they could get caught out, and especially also uh, this past weekend. We saw Tata Martino make his debut with uh, Mexico and El Tri. And we all know how Tata Martino's system is like. I would expect that area, especially with dynamic player, maybe such as a Chucky Lozano, to exploit that space. And then if you get that space exploited, you're in a little bit of a pickle, especially when you're playing against Mexico and not Ecuador, who's looking not to score, to be honest.
2: On the flip side of that, we're talking about the defensive shape here of the U.S. men's national team. Brooks and Long did play well. And I think this is a big positive because – A lot of questions are surrounding the defensive center-back pairing. Who is it going to be? And they kept Brooks and John, kept things organized, kept things moving, and good distribution out of the back. And I think this is critical for a Berhalter system that does want to play that possession game. And it would limit that hole of Adams pushing into the midfield where you would have on that right side.
3: No, I mean the center backs I think have to play a, a massive role. And especially in the possession dominated system, you want them to be able to break lines and skip lines as well. So you mean you don't want them just play that easy pass, you know, maybe two Adams or two Will Trap in that role or whoever's the center mid. You also want to skip lines too, whether that's, you know, they're the middle's all kind of, I guess, clogged up. All right, let me skip past and find Jordan Morris on the right hand side. Or let me skip and find Paul Oriola. Or you know, let me skip the defensive line and go find Pulisic, who can then lay it off, and we will just go from there. I think skipping lines is, is important. Um, the Red Bulls are really good at that in MLS play, uh, with where they're where the ball's is that they like skipping lines. And we have to re- reach our FC Dallas quota during the show. So um, FC Dallas actually did that as well yesterday. Just trying to skip lines instead of being so possession, dom- instead of being possession dominant, sacrificing some possession. I think they they need they have played an important role and they have to be good on their feet, which I think both were during the
4: match. Guys, I think it's time that we issue an apology letter to Will Trapp. Hundred percent. He he played a, a, a very uh, a very good game, I thought, getting you know, getting the balls out, spraying balls all over the pitch, um, as Steven alluded to in a, in your little post match assessment on Twitter. Did a good job distributing the ball and I think it just shows how well Will Trapp can play when he's under a competent coach in a a better, more organized system uh, under Greg Berhalter.
2: Doesn't it justify Burhalter's decision of calling up who he did? Because there was so much criti- criticism surrounding his roster to begin with these friendlies that they're justified in the sense that, and I think Armand perfectly summed it up is berhalter is not looking for the most talented players he's looking for the right players for his system
4: yeah, no you're right exactly. and, and, mm-hmm. and, and like we talked about a, a couple shows ago is you know will Trapp and jossie's artists are probably going to be used to teach other players on this team how to play within greg burhalter's system
3: yeah i mean it's not like magic people were saying hey like where the point of coaches you know this that's like you still need guys that comfort system and say, hey, some people like learning best from example. If you have an example out there, you know, like Will Trap or, you know, Zardes of, hey, how's a forward want to play in that role? Then it helps a lot more when you can actually see it than, you know, just, you know, with the tactical whiteboard just drawing on the lens. I mean, I think Will Trap, you know, spraying the balls around was pretty great. Uh, I'm honestly curious to see what's the depth in that position. Because, Jake, every time you brought it up in that one poll with uh, Jason uh, – it just keeps bringing it. I just keep in mind of it. Who else do we got that could play that role as well? Because, I mean, will Bradley be a starter in a World Cup? Probably not. Is Will Trap good enough? I'm not sure, but he looked pretty solid that day. Is there anyone else that can back him up?
2: Well, I mean, watching that u 23s eh, scary thoughts. Scary <laughs> thoughts. Knowing yeah, yeah, that position is a huge hole after Will Trap.
3: I mean, I've been, to see if you know a guy, I mean, like Chris Durkin steps up or something like that. But I think it's a little too early to tell with those guys. I'm just, it's a little scary thought because I mean, like I said, I think it's a really important position in terms of you know that distribution and being just defensive. I think those are all key instructions that Burr-Halter wants. But I mean, overall, guys, I was, I enjoyed watching U.S. soccer for the first time in a little bit. I can't there lie. There you to go.
2: You. Hashtag what? Trust the process. Uh, with the win, Burr-Halter followed Bob Bradley as the second men's national team head coach to begin his tenure with three straight victories a win tuesday night against chile would see berhalter set the record for most victories at the start of a coaching tenure it's a little bit of a flawed statistic when you're playing costa rica panama and ecuador it's not necessarily some of the powerhouses within world football but i'm sure the federation took note and wanted Burhalter to get on some easy victory. So I think it would calm the fan base guys before we get to Alexi lawless start going around with Jake biggest concern coming out of the Ecuador game.
4: Well, my biggest concern I guess would be what I alluded to earlier. was just the the decision to move Tyler Adams to right back and what that means when the U S turns the ball over in possession. Like I said, I just I'm concerned with what, what this team is going to do when they play a better opponent and how they're going to, React to a better counter-attacking team than Ecuador, and if that means maybe you are forced to play DeAndre Yedlin as the winger so he can get back and cover for Tyler Adams when he when the ball gets turned over and he's stuck in the midfield, then I think that also probably creates some problems on the attack too. So we'll you know definitely have to wait and see how that whole thing plays out.
3: Yeah, the biggest concern for me was Weston McKinney's injury. To be honest with you, it was a nasty. Yeah. Ankle sprain, some ligaments allegedly have been, you know, affected. Uh, hopefully, he's okay for the Gold Cup. But losing a guy like him, especially getting valuable club minutes at a team like Schalke in a very high-pressure situation in the relegation zone, um, they, those are really big moments for him to learn. And it sucks that he got injured in um, on that on that play.
2: Uh, my concern is where the goal is going to come from. I I think I'm going to pound this drum for a while we are still very uncreative in the final third and finishing we need finishers and right now we have a, somewhat creators we just don't have any clinical finishers and until we find that position or that player to fill in that position it's going to be concerned because there are games where you could dominate possession for 60 70% of the game but if you can't finish it's all goes to waste So we'll see how it is. Up next, Alexi Lawless. Joining us right now is the one and only Alexi Lawless. Alexi, how are we doing today?
5: Gentlemen, uh, Greetings from Los Angeles. Uh, What am I doing today? I have some AYSO in my future and I'm sitting here in my office working up uh, a new batch of uh, takes for the week, including a uh, little rant on uh, the U.S. men's national team as it uh, gets back uh, again under uh, the Greg Berhalter era. uh, And for the first time this week, as you guys know, the integration of uh, the European players. So we're seeing how that continues to progress.
4: Alexi, I, I, I wanted to ask you, you were in the studio, I think, uh, last week or a week and a half ago, recording some vocals for your upcoming album. How did that go?
5: <laughs> it's good. It's good. I, uh, I, I feel I have a responsibility um, to provide uh, content when it comes to my music to all three people that buy it, um, including uh, my mother um although at times at times she's my worst critic so i don't even know maybe it's only two but yeah so i'll put out another album this summer i'm in the middle of uh finishing it up here so i was doing some vocals last week it's a a labor of love something i continue to do just straight ahead pop rock put it in your uh in your car put the windows down drive fast and uh, and, and crank it up so that's that's what i that's what i do uh, to relieve myself if there's ever any time of uh uh of stress or consternation when it comes to life and uh, and my real job.
2: Oh, that sounds exciting. Can't wait to listen. But Alexi, let's talk about the Ecuador game. Here in the first segment, we're discussing Tyler Adams playing that right-back position. Overall, what were your thoughts about that?
5: Well, I I I'm staring at my screen here and I'm writing about uh you know not just the Tyler Adams situation, but this continued um you know, you know, this work in progress that is the national team under Greg Berhalter and, you know, specific for, you know, something like the the right back position. And we saw Lima play it uh, earlier on, albeit against much lesser quality. And, you know, this, whether you agree or not with Greg Berhalter, I think we all have to at least respect the fact that he's been pretty clear and upfront and very public about how he wants to play. And, um you know I've, I've always said that i'd rather have a flawed plan than no plan at all and certainly uh at the very least greg berhalter has a plan now we can agree or disagree as to what's right and when it comes to something like uh, tyler adams playing this hybrid type of right back position that that morphs into a much more central type of midfield position when they're attacking and then moves back in um you know that's that's interesting to me i don't know ultimately how it works out but i think he's not alone in terms of now trying to understand exactly what Greg Berhalter wants, and it's Greg Berhalter's responsibility to both explain it to to Tyler Adams, and, uh, you know, I don't think we got a whole lot out of the the game the other day as to if this is going to continue on, but uh, uh, the other part is to make sure that That Tyler Adams, if it's Tyler Adams or anybody else, buys into it. And I'll I'll give you a little uh, preview of what I, you know, the question that I'm asking this week on on my podcast is, uh, the State of the Union, is what happens if we find that the system that Greg Berhalter is implementing doesn't necessarily complement all of the, let's say, much high-profile, much more high-profile players, like a Tyler Adams, like a Weston McKinney, like a Christian Pulisic. Is that Is that okay with people? If you start to say, well, you know what, just because they're making a lot of money and they're playing at the big leagues in the, in in the world, if they don't fit the system, is it okay to look at somebody else? Is it okay? Even dare I say it not to have them involved. Now, I still think that guys like Kyle Adams are still going to be involved, but it does bring up an interesting question as to is, you know, I always say that the national team isn't about the best players. uh, It's about the best collection of players. And with this new system and his ability to articulate it very publicly, everybody understands what it is. And it might not be the players that we put on a pedestal that ultimately make this system go. So that's what's going to be fascinating for me as we go on—not just in these upcoming games, but obviously as we get into the summer where it really matters in the in the Gold Cup—and we start to really judge Greg Berhalter and we start to really judge this implementation of this system uh, going forward. So it's just—it's a fun time and a really interesting time, I think, right now to be watching this US men's national team kind of come to you know come into being under Greg Burhalter.
2: Alexi, you somewhat stole my well not stole my take, but we have we have similar thoughts. My question is Burhalter as we see his game plan here and and that as that progresses is, is his plan A maybe too complex? B do the players not fit the system? I, I wonder how this is going to work out and is he going to you know be flexible? and change it to the players, or is he going to select the players for his plan? Yeah, I mean,
5: I think, I think we're looking at somebody that's a true believer. And, you know, I've known Greg for, for years, and, uh, you know, I love the fact that he is a true believer. I mean, if you don't believe in what you're doing yourself, then nobody's going to believe in it. And as I said, you know, we, we don't have to necessarily agree with it, but what I don't want to see happen is that we're winging it. And for too, often we, I, I, for too long and too often, I think we have gone out there, and and we're winging it, and that's that's not that's not something that I want, and I know that's not what players want. You may not you may not agree ultimately with what you're being told, but I don't think any player at any point is under Greg Berhalter is not going to know at least what their responsibility is. They might question whether they can do it. Uh, or whether they want to do it, but it's very, very clear as to what they're what they're going to do. Now, look, this is real early days in terms of Greg Berhalter as a national team coach, which is a very different proposition than being the coach of Columbus or any type of uh, domestic club team, and so he's going to have to certainly adjust, and I think he'll be a different coach a year from now than he is right now. This summer, once again, is going to be really interesting to see if he does adjust his thinking um, or if he is a... Um, a romantic. And can you afford to be a romantic when you're coaching the national team? It's one thing if you're coaching Manchester City or if you're coaching Brazil, you can afford to be romantic and you can afford to stick to your guns at all costs and and with what you believe is true. But when you're playing, you know, when you're a coach for the U.S. men's national team uh, in 2019, it gets a little bit more difficult to do that and to stand on principle when ultimately we judge results. I mean, the game the other day, they won. And they have not lost yet under Greg Berhalter. And that's, that's a good thing. Results are, are very important, even though we try to peel it back and say, well, they're not the most important thing. We have to see what this process is all about right now. But ultimately, you're getting results. And I know not, at times it's not always pretty. But I think the bigger picture is, are they working and, and progressing and evolving and getting better at what we think this Greg Berhalter system uh, has come to be defined as?
3: I just wanted to go back to the uh, Tyler Adams switch, Alexi. Um, watching that, we I know we didn't take that much from the friendly, but watching that position, there was kind of times where Adams' side was a little exposed because he tucked in so much, and Ecuador was able to find that passage through their counter. Do you think that might be a concern, uh, you know, going into May matchups against teams that
5: maybe weren't like Ecuador and maybe are more attacking-minded and yeah. want to go attack through that side? Yeah, I mean – yeah, and that's the you know that's the danger. And look, I'm, Greg Berhalter understands this, and I think the team understands that they were playing against a team that had that wanted no part in attacking. And that's going to happen. That's going to happen uh, going forward, especially in Concacaf, when we know we're going to face some inferior competition, and we're going to be asked to break down a team. Now, the danger will be if and when that team comes about, and they have the ability to counter, and they're and they're much more deadly in terms of that just taking one or two opportunities that they get and when that space does open out and it becomes more of a three in the in in the attacking and then that transition happens and that space is open yeah i mean that's that's what's fun right now of seeing this is how how greg berhalter is articulating it how how the different players play it whether it's you know, Earlier this year, we saw Lima play it, but uh, you now we've seen the Tyler Adams play it. Does DeAndre Yedlin ever get a chance to kind of go back and say, yeah, I can still do that? Or does Greg Berhalter, as he's, as he's made mention over the last week, say, no, I see him as a much more attacking type of, uh, of option? So I, I, think, I think there's a whole lot, there's, there's still a lot of questions as to how this is going to work, what the personnel is going to be. And more importantly, look, this isn't about qualifying for the World Cup. That's something that we should expect, notwithstanding the failure that we had last time. This is ultimately about going to a world cup doing well and yes about winning a men's world cup and in order to do that you have to compete against the elite in the world so we know that we are going to play against elite teams and elite teams don't always have all the possession. some elite teams are elite because they can just drive that dagger in at that moment when they have that transition because they have the speed and they have the quality to kill you even when they don't have the ball and then when that turnover happens They are deadly. So yeah, there's, there's still a lot to be decided as to, and I'm not just talking about the right back position. I'm talking about this whole team as to, you know, for example, playing out of the back, it's all fine and well when you're playing against inferior uh, competition or competition, that's not going to put a tremendous amount of pressure on you. But what happens when someone brings the HP sauce, that high pressure sauce, and they're very, very good at dispossessing you in really dangerous areas. Are you still going to try to play out of the back? It reminds me of that, you know, the, the movie Tin cup where, uh, you know, the last scene is is the golfer just trying to get the ball over the water, and you know he's a romantic, and he, he he would he's not gonna you know drop, and he's not gonna lay up or anything like that. He's gonna go for it each and every time. And there's there's a there is a romance to that. Yeah, there's a a um, a respect factor that comes to that. But ultimately, if you lose, is is that something that you want to be a part of?
2: Listeners, come back tomorrow and catch part two of our conversation with Alexi Lawless as we discuss Christian Pulisic and the number 10. If you haven't done so, follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod, at Steven Joderant, at ArmandKafai, at JayQuatrova, and until tomorrow.
0: Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24 month installment billing. No trade in required. Visit a Sprint store,
1: sprint.com, or call 800 Sprint One. Phone $15 no is a month after 2250 a month credit. Apply within two bills of cancel earlier remaining balance to unlimited basic after $630.20. Pay $32 per month per line for five lines without a Data de prioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply.